Hello, everybody, and welcome to another episode of Stride Pod. If you haven't caught up yet, we did one episode. It was about Foot Strike. Bree dropped all kinds of knowledge on Foot Strike, busted some myths, spoke to all those things. We would recommend you check that one out. Today, we're here for episode two. I've got Blair. How are you today, Blair? I'm great, Sean. How are you? I'm super califragia, <laughs> big word, expiala, Ex- tired. Yeah, I don't remember. Yeah. <laughs> you can sing it another time. <laughs> uh, you can sing it. I will. Oh, forego. come on. <laughs> and this whole podcast would actually not be a podcast if we didn't have Bree. If it was just me and Blair, this would be really, really funny. And so, not informative Bri, at all. <laughs> how are you today, Bree? I'm doing great. Thanks for having me. Can't oh, wait to chat. Always. always. And, and today's episode, especially, not that any episode is diminished in any way, but today right. we're going to talk about what to look for in a PT. So if this was just Blair and I, this would be just hot air all over the place. <laughs> um, you would have some insight. You've been to the PT would. a couple of times, so uh, yeah, you might have some yeah. ideas of what you look for in a PT. And I would just it's guess. True. <laughs> it's true. Well, Bree, I know that you have all kinds of little nuggets of information. Mm -hmm. I also know that you got to ask a couple of your patients to get a little bit deeper insight into what people do look for in a PT. So with all that being said, I will just say the floor is yours to (laughs) take that for what you will. Well, yeah, I really think this is an important, it's an important topic because some people just don't know what to look for, Mm -hmm. like what a good provider is. And I will start out by just saying too, like there's good and bad providers in every line of work, right? Mm -hmm. You've got good plumbers, you got bad plumbers, you got good doctors, you got bad doctors. You know, you hear, you'll hear the same stories about physical therapists. Um, Mm -hmm. So that's why I thought it was important to kind of gather some information. I did some research on actual like articles to see what they said. And then I also just did my own little research with talking to patients. And I purposely asked patients of like, that I had different relationships with, if mm-hmm. that makes a sense. So like, yeah. I asked, I asked like a couple that were just brand new, like the first time I had seen them, I was just like, Hey, I'm just curious, like, what do you guys look for kind of thing. And, and then I also asked, you know, patients I had been treating for months and just to see if, you know, their answers were different at all. Um, but I will just start out with the bottom line. Um, It was a meta-analysis from 2018, so it was pretty uh, recent. It actually found, after looking at so much research and all these articles and everything, it suggested that therapeutic alliance is the most important part of an outcome for a patient. So therapeutic alliance, fancy term, basically just for the interaction and relationship between the physical therapist and the patient. Mm -hmm. Um, So... Basically, if you have a good relationship with your physical therapist, it was saying or suggesting that you will then have a positive outcome. Mm -hmm. If you do not have a good relationship or maybe just do not like the person or, you know, don't trust them, you're going to be more inclined to have a negative um, outcome or may just not get better kind of idea. So really what's important and kind of the biggest thing I would say is make sure you like your PT. Yes. Yeah. Um, Make sure you get along with them. You know that you trust what they're saying. I mean, as long as you're not going to put in the work to get yourself better if you don't trust the person telling you to do the work. Absolutely. So make sure that you you do trust them, and they're not obviously you think they're knowledgeable and all that's important, but just that your relationship is good. 
Yeah. I think that's um, super important because like, if you don't believe them, if you don't trust them, then how do you get better? And it's okay. I think you meet different providers. It's okay. If you don't get along with the first one that you try, exactly. right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that's I, one. Oh God. <laughs> no, I was just going to say like, whenever we were talking about this topic, the thing I was kind of thinking too, is like that relationship is so important because like, it's kind of like physical therapy, I think is a, it's a it's a tough one for people to crack because it's not like getting a haircut. Like if you get a bad haircut, you pretty quickly know that the person cutting your hair is not equipped to be your hairstylist. But with PT, like if you don't have trust in that person, you're not maybe going to so much trust the care you're getting. So like yeah. that whole verbal kind of agreement and feeling like you can trust that person is really, really important. Exactly. And you need to make sure too, that the provider, the physical therapist is listening to you. I think that kind of brings me to just another point. Um, Make sure that they're hearing what you're saying. They ask you what your goals are. Everyone has different goals. And especially us as runners, like the last thing you want to hear is, okay, stop running and you'll get better. Yeah. Like that's not helpful. So um, make sure, yeah, the person is listening to you and spending time with you. Um, there's, unfortunately, there are a lot of clinics that just due to financial reasons, reimbursement rates, things like that, Mm -hmm. uh, cut the time a therapist has with the patient. And that I, I mean, I've worked at, I used to travel as a physical therapist. So I have been in good outpatient ortho clinics and I have been in bad clinics. So I have seen and been on both sides of that. Um, So just be careful of what we call the physical therapy mills. Mm -hmm. Um, Basically, it's when you know, you're only seeing the therapist for five, 10 minutes, and then they send you off to a tech and Mm -hmm. you never see them again kind of thing. Um, That's not great. Obviously, I I do work at a clinic that we use text for the exercises Mm -hmm. and things that I have nothing against that. Um, But I still with every patient get at least 20 to 30 minutes minimum, like, Mm -hmm. and while they're still doing their exercises with the tech, I'm able to see them. I'm in the same room. I'm watching. I'm part of their care still. Um, So just be careful that you're not going to be careful that you don't go to a clinic where you never see the PT. (laughs) Right. Yeah. Yeah. It's kind of like... um... I'm going to super date this episode for one second. It's like the the intro song to Cheers. Like you want to go where everybody knows your name kind of thing. Like, like because so many times, and this really speaks to how many times I've been to a PT as well for Blair's sake. Um, like you can kind of get a vibe pretty quickly of the environment yeah. of that yeah. you're stepping into. Like yeah. the last PT that I saw, I had a really great experience with. And like, that person also like knew the ins and outs of their patients. Like, Hey, Mm -hmm. you were supposed to go to this thing this weekend. How was that? Like there's an investment and Mm -hmm. they like, they get what you're doing in your life and they get that it's in this entire reason for your care is to enhance your life. And they're invested in all that stuff. So I stepped out of my last uh, encounter with my PT. And that's the one I'll probably be going back to when I want to do, uh, for those of you who didn't listen to Bree's episode of the podcast, I, I asked like, is it stupid to go just see a PT even when you're not hurt? And you were like, you should probably do that. It would be great to go just see a PT and get a checkup. So I'm going to take that advice and actually go see a PT and just be like, here's where I'm at. Can you tell me how I'm doing? And yeah. that's the person I'm going to go see. Cause like you said, I have trust mm-hmm. in that person. Mm-hmm. So yeah. exactly. And that's 
part of why I became a physical therapist too, is that I like that we're able to build relationships with Mm -hmm. our patients, you know, like it's not a doctor someone that you see, you know, every six months or just when you're in like for one appointment when you're injured and then you check in, you know, two months later or something like I am with people, you know, a couple times a week and, you know, I'm building these relationships with them. And so, I mean, you do get invested and that's, I think, important because everyone has different goals, like we said, and you want to make sure that you are working towards those goals that are your own and not just like what the person thinks they are or whatnot. Mm -hmm. Um, And that kind of brings me into the next point too, is that you are spending time, you're spending money. It's so you want it to be convenient. Uh, You don't want to have your physical therapy clinic. I mean, ideally, I will say this ideally, you don't want it to be like an hour away. And so then you're just not going to go because then there goes the consistency and Mm -hmm. you have to be consistent with PT in order for it to work. (laughs) Um, So the closer to work or home it is, uh, I even had some patients actually answer with this. They were like, if it's convenient, mm-hmm. I will go and I will do it. Sure. Um, if it's not, then obviously it's kind of a waste of your time and right. money. Right. Um, people, I mean, not that you can't get better in one visit. I mean, there's some issues that maybe that's all you need is just a quick, quick fix and you're good to go. You have a couple exercises you got to start doing and then you're done. But for the majority, it's going to be a few weeks before you even start to see some improvements sometimes um, because you have to make tissue changes. Mm -hmm. It actually takes eight to 12 weeks to build muscle fibers. You'll see strength gains prior to that due to just like motor units and more of the neuromuscular component, but to actually build muscle fibers, it's two to three months of consistent strength training. So that's what people don't really get. They'll be like, well, I've been coming to PT for two to three weeks and I'm not feeling any better. (laughs) Like, okay. Um, you know, sometimes you will like, that's great. And I love when they do, but it takes time. I'm like, usually I always say too, it didn't come on in a day. It's not going to go away in a day. (laughs) Yeah. Um, Yes. Because majority of us don't go to PT when we first start feeling pain. It's usually Mm -hmm. like, Oh yeah, it's been about eight months. So (laughs) yeah. And like, I know this is a different string of topic altogether, but like my takeaway too, after a a couple of different instances with PTs is like, I'm trying to make it a bit of a habit. Like, yeah, when you're injured and you're focusing on that, you should definitely do it as much as you, as much as the PT tells you that you should be doing it. But Mm -hmm. then I'm also trying to bake that into a part of now my daily or, or weekly regiment of strength. Like, you shouldn't. I think a lot of us like have the tendency to be like, cool, cool, cool. Hamstring feels great. Now I'm going to go back to not that. And, and then you end up seeing the PT again. Yeah. <laughs> when you stop, yeah, yeah, stop doing your exercises right. or whatnot, right. like too mm-hmm. early. Um, yeah. yeah. Well, well uh, so I, I also want to ask. Um, so you spoke a little bit to how much time it takes, how much your tissue changes. And so I know that there's kind of a thing with, the exercise part. And then certainly I know that when I started seeing my PT at first, they were like, 
taking like a scraper and working some bits of my muscle and then things changed and it became maybe sometimes either uh you're gonna know this word better than me they would put the little shock things on and then that kind of progressed into needles with shock things oh, and yes. so there's there's i know that i'm not speaking to the terminology at all but there's doing the exercises and then there's trusting your pt and how to help uh work through those things as you're building muscle around everything. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So that kind of brings me to another point. So when it comes to physical therapy, you ideally want to see a therapist that does both manual therapy and gives you exercises. So we call them therapeutic exercises. Um, So the manual therapy part, what that means is they're doing some hands-on and I will say not Every case needs the manual therapy. If someone comes in um, with just like gait and balance issues, obviously I don't need to be doing massage on them if we're just working on balance. Um, But if you have an actual, you know, soft tissue injury, joint restriction, anything like that, the hands-on can go far. Um, It's something that you can't do on your own at home. WebMD, Google cannot teach you (laughs) or have you do any of these things on your own. I mean, it's why me, myself as a physical therapist will go to physical therapy still and see someone so then they can work on me and do the manual therapy. So basically what that can entail. And I mean, this isn't just like the only thing it can entail, but just doing like some soft issues, some trigger point release. There's ART, there's Graston or um, instrument assisted soft tissue mobilization. That's a big term, but ISTM is the other. It's basically when they take the tools and kind of scrape you. That's like another uh, technique. Uh, There's cupping, there's dry needling, there's dry needling with those shock things. (laughs) The E-STEM. E-STEM, there you go. I have to say, um, <laughs> it's, it's, it's like, um, it's like a treasure map for them. Right. Cause uh, my PT kind of explained this to me of like when, uh, so we're going to put a dry needle in and, uh, for everyone out there who's never dry needled, it can be an interesting experience given how either tight or not tight a muscle is. Yeah. But when they start doing the shock therapy with the needle, when they quote unquote hit gold, you will know when when you they jump off the table. It, it'll oh really, my gosh. it'll do a little jolt. Yes, <laughs> so, I call yeah. I call those money spots. I'm like, this is this is the money spot. This is it. It's Very so funny nice. though. The patient's like, ooh, yes. and I'm like, it's okay, we're good. Yes. Like, yeah. That means we had a good spot. Um, but yeah. Well, I, I, I wanted to speak too. I I, I think uh, the manual therapy thing. I think is also a part of the relationship with the PT that is trust based because like they can tell me to do the exercises and I do the exercises. The the manual therapy part of it for me, I think is actually very valuable because they're often working on parts. And so I'll give the example of like, they were doing dry needling on one part of my leg. And then they were like, uh, because this is tight, I bet this other thing needs some relief. And I was like, mm-hmm what is that? And like, they moved to like the whole other side of my calf. And then like within five seconds of a little bit of pressure, they were like, Oh yeah, that's really tight. And I learned a bunch of stuff and then I gained further trust in what they were giving me. So like for me, the manual therapy part is like where I gain lots of insight and like have really meaningful conversations and dialogue about further understanding what's happening within the area that's bothering me. Yes. I'm so glad you said that because 
so some people will say manual therapy is quote unquote, a passive form of treatment. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I think there's so much benefit in what you just said. Like when I'm working on a patient, say you just have you have really tight calves and I'm, you know, doing some deep tissue, some scraping, that kind of thing. I'm chatting with the patient the whole time. Right. So we're, I'm educating, I'm talking about, you know, whatever we need to fix and go from there. But I'm also asking them, you know, how's your week? How's your day been? Like, you know, just getting to know them too. So it helps me to read them and then they get to know me a little bit better. You get to build that trust. And so I think the manual therapy, you can use it as like, there's multiple ways to use it. Um, Not only does it help with pain, it can, even if the only benefit from manual therapy is that we get the pain down a couple notches, that's great because that Mm -hmm. means now you can go into your exercises with less pain and then you'll be more inclined to do them and then you'll be more inclined to get better. Mm -hmm. So there's a lot of benefit (laughs) um, viewing manual therapy in different ways, but I would, I just... As a coach, like running coach, I have, you know, I try to help my athletes and as much as I can in regards to like injuries and giving them exercises and things like that. Like that's, you know, a cool benefit, I guess, of having a PT as a coach is that I can look at that and see that. (laughs) But I can't do everything from afar and I can't do the hands-on stuff. So I will be like, hey, this is something that you need to get worked on. Like go find a good PT in your area. And that's where like I've had, unfortunately, like an athlete come back to me and been like, well, they told me to just keep doing the massage gun on it and that everything I'm doing is right. And I like wanted to scream. I was like, okay, yeah. so that clearly wasn't the best <laughs> provider for you. And we need to go right. find someone else that can actually do some hands-on and start loosening up those muscles and things like that. Yeah. Um, and kind of another point to make too on that, if you look at any elite athletes, whether it be a runner, a baseball player, basketball player, football player, are they getting manual work done on them? Mm-hmm. Yes. Like oh, yeah. they're getting hands-on <laughs> treatment all the time. Um, whether it just be massage, whether it's a chiropractor or a physical therapist, a trainer, like they're getting hands-on body work done. So mm-hmm. why are we not? I guess is my it, point. It's almost become like the B roll of every introduction to like every NBA finals is like, the basketball player on the table, literally getting manual therapy before yeah. the game. <laughs> exactly. And that's where, you know, people ask me, our patients ask like, when I'm done with PT, like, should I go get a massage every now and then or something like that? And I'm like, if it feels good and it helps to keep you from getting injured and it benefits you physically, mentally, why not? Like go do right. it. Right. Um, and that's where I always make the point where like, yeah, elites are getting their, bodies worked on all the time we need it too and that's where i do think it's really beneficial to go see a physical therapist even when you're not like acutely injured because you can get what we call like a just a tune-up or like we call it a quick fix at my clinic but um just yeah getting that hands-on treatment to help with longevity of the sport absolutely yeah i mean i i think maybe my kind of like closing summary on this brie would just be like the reason that we wanted to do this episode is that your relationship with your PT should be um, a long-term relationship. You're looking for a quote unquote PT life partner. Um, (laughs) You're you're not looking for someone that's just going to fix you in the, 
like you said, six to 12 or longer period of time where you are injured and they are giving you the exercises and are doing the manual therapy. You also want to be able to rely on that person to say, I, I, maybe I am feeling good, but I know that I can go see that person and maybe they will catch something that's kind of weak in my, you know, chain and, Mm -hmm. and help me understand those things. And not just, um, you know, like you said, be like, well, just you have a massage gun, just go away, go back to your massage gun. Don't worry about it. Yeah. Right. Yeah, exactly. Like build the relationship, um, with your PT, make sure, you know, you should enjoy going to PT. Like I love when patients say that they enjoy coming and that they like seeing us and it just, it, that makes me so happy because that's how it should be. It shouldn't be a waste of time, a waste of money. It should be enjoyable in a sense. Um, Obviously it is medical care. Like it might not feel good. I joke that PT sometimes stands for pain and torture. but (laughs) (laughs) uh, You just, you know, you want to have that good relationship. Um, And then just to kind of summarize that having a PT that's close to work or close to home is awesome. And the more convenient it is for you, the more likely you're going to stick with it and help yourself out. So look for something that is convenient. Um, word of mouth referrals are great too. Yeah. I mean, we can go on, you know, we have like Google reviews and things like that. The only thing I don't love about like looking at online reviews is usually if someone's, I don't know. If someone has something negative to say, they're yes. going to want to post it. Yes. Um, 100%. So you don't really hear like all sides of things. Um, well, so- I think I think we could all just the three of us here could all actually like positively affirm that when you have a good experience somewhere, do you think I should go write a review? No, when you have a negative one, you're sure right. to share that. Yeah, right. and exactly. That's unfortunately, right. what happens? Yeah, what yep. happens? So that's why I like the word of mouth referrals. I mean, yes, if you yeah. if someone that you know who's a runner in your area had a great experience with someone go see them. Why not? Um, And that also brings me to the fact that you want a PT that's where their experience is in line with what you need. Mm -hmm. Where we don't, I mean, we learn a lot. We have our doctorates for the most part now, but like we don't know everything about every sport and every, you know, need and hobby that you want to do. So find someone that's knowledgeable with running or knowledgeable Mm -hmm. with what you want. Um, And that also will obviously go a long way because especially if you do find someone that is either a runner themselves or just works a lot with runners and has experience with continuing education for running, gait analysis, all of that, that's, you found a good one. (laughs) Um, Well, I'm just going to say, I think, I think this has all been awesome and I want to wrap this up and put a happy bow on it, which is Brie, you in this podcast happened via word of mouth. Blair told me you were awesome. <laughs> and now we're making these episodes and it's convenient for everybody. So yay, <laughs> yay for this. Um, but I, I think that this is, you know, to everyone out there, everything that Bree just said, I think makes a hundred percent sense. And I really think that I am going to take, you know, all of this advice as well as I think everyone else should in terms of like, your PT is not just like, you know, the person that you should go to when everything's on fire. You think yeah. you should try and establish a good relationship with those people. And thus, Blair and I are doing that with Bree and this podcast. And we hope you guys are too. 
And thank you for another awesome bit of insight into how we can all kind of better ourselves in running and in life. Yeah, no problem. And my last little point is that you usually these days do not need a doctor referral to go see a PT. Oh, such a good point. um, Call the clinic, have them look at your insurance if you're using insurance or if you're doing cash pay, even better. You don't need to worry about um, a referral at all. So I think some people get discouraged because they think, Mm -hmm. well, I need to go to the doctor first. It's going to take four to six weeks to get in to see the doctor. And then I'm probably going to be better by that time anyway. So why do I even try? (laughs) (laughs) And then you're six weeks out and you're still injured and everything's on fire. So um, yeah, just go straight to the PT, call the clinic. They should be able to help you out. (laughs) Yes. Everybody, Brie Bree might know at least one thing or 50 about this. So take care of advice. <laughs> find, find a PT. It will make your life better in running and in all things. So, all right. Well, thanks so much again. This has been great. No problem. Thanks all right, for having everybody. me. Yeah. Until next time, like we said in the first episode, well, if you haven't listened to that, one, go listen to it. Two, if you have any questions for us, feel free to reach out to Bree. Feel free to DM us. We will get the questions to Bree. We will make sure they get answered. And if you guys want to see any of those things as an episode, that's why we're doing this. So thanks everyone for tuning in. Thank you, Blair. Thank you, Bree. <laughs> we'll next time. You. Let's go next time. <laughs> yeah, next time. We'll talk you to you guys time. all soon. <laughs> Bye. Bye. Thanks for listening to For Your Run, a podcast brought to you by For The Run. Special thanks goes out to all of our supporters on Patreon, whose contributions and support help us put this all together and get it out into your ears. If you're interested in becoming a member of the For Your Run pod family, you can learn more at patreon.com slash foryourrun. We hope this has been a pleasant break in your day, and we look forward to you bringing us along for your next run or whatever it is you have going on in your life. Till next time, run with heart and we'll talk to you soon.